This is episode 30 of Spokes. It's the aftermath of the session with returning guests Chris Webb and Conrad Miles. You're listening to the Red Bicycle Media Spokes podcast, a show about the experiences of a film production house and the people they work with in the film industry with your host, James Pizarro. And we're back. Uh, It's been a few months. Thank you for your patience, um, but we are here again. Welcome back to another episode of Spokes. I'm producer Christian, and today we bring back a couple of amazing guys who we've had the honor to work with in the summer of 2019. Man, that sounds like a long time ago uh, compared to where we are now. Uh, You may remember them from episode two of the podcast. Uh, We talked about pretty much what the session was about and how they received funding from the Tribeca Film Institute. And if you haven't heard of it, it, first of all, it's a great documentary, not just because we help film it, but also because of um, just the story it tells, especially relating to everything that's been going on in here in the States the past uh, few years, I'd say since like 2015, maybe even further, depending how you look at it. Um, it definitely can relate, well, especially now uh, with all the tension, all the division that we have. And I think this uh, film kind of brings everything together, hopefully can find common ground between people. So um, the session is a short documentary that's about the world of Crump especially here in Cleveland, Ohio, our hometown. Uh, Crump stands for Kingdom Radically Uplift and Mighty Praise, and it's a form of street dance that expresses powerful raw emotions, and it's also used as a form of escape, and in this case, healing. The session was accepted into the DC Shorts International Film Festival, as well as the Cleveland International Film Festival, of course, our hometown film festival here. Uh, it won an award called the uh, Clover and Maggie Award in Celebration of Life, and I believe that only went to uh, a short film, and of course, you know, ours got chosen. I don't think it specifically was local. I have to look in that a little bit more, uh, but it's an award-winning uh, short. It's now available on YouTube with over 45,000 views, and we talk about the future of the story as well as some of our experiences on set. Again, after the show is over, make sure to click on our link in the podcast description to watch the full documentary as well as our behind-the-scenes miniseries. So without further ado, here are the directors of the session, Chris Webb, and Conrad Miles. How's it been received? Uh, really good, man. Everybody loves it. Everybody loves it. Um, trying to get it to as many people as possible, but everyone who's seen the documentary loves it. Uh, yeah, they 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 was like, man, this is uh, it's different than what I expected, but they said it was very needed and they enjoyed it. So they, a lot of people, a lot of people, uh. A lot of great feedback. A lot of great feedback. And I see you recently went out to LA and uh, and filmed uh, out there too as well. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Um, yeah. So I, w- I went out to LA, filmed a little, you know, a little bit out there uh, with with uh, Sherwin. Um, his name is Beast, aka Baby Tidas. Also was solo, and I also went out there and uh, had an opportunity to sit down with Tidas and get a hour and a half interview from him. And um, man, it was an amazing time. Like uh, being able to hear what they thought about the session as well, um, what they really liked about it. One of their favorite parts was the statistics. They really enjoyed the, the facts. They really enjoyed like uh, learning more about like Cleveland and, and why some of us as dancers and as people do what we do and why we go so hard 
because of, you know, you got different things that people will put on you and think this is what you're going to be when you grow up, but you get to overcome those op- obstacles and everything like that. So a lot of people loved it, man. Um, also in LA, got some dope stories from uh, Tide Eyes, Baby Tide Eyes and a solo and being, a, being able to hear their hearts and uh, see like uh, where they come from and, and hear what, what they overcame and, and what they went through and stuff like that and, and, and hear what the crumb has done for them in their lives. So it, it was definitely dope and encouraging and, and seeing how much fire, they're so on fire because of the, the documentary. Like I enjoy, like I've been in LA many a times, but it was actually my first time I got, I got actually got to dance out there in session. And, you know, and it was like, it was amazing. Like, hands down, it was amazing. It was dope. Everybody enjoyed. Once they knew it was, uh, the session was like, I was coming out there to film like a little small part or film something out there for the session. Everybody said it was coming through and they showed up, man. And it was dope. It was really, really dope. What was the climate like out there as far as um, social isolation and all that? I, I, was, was, uh, were people comfortable but about being around each other? It was still kind of locked down, but you know, um, it wasn't as you know. It didn't take like you know. Usually, you a twenty minute drive here is like an hour and a half drive there. <laughs> but um, it was the isolation. People still was inside, but a lot of people was outside. People was outside. Um, you know, we kept our. I mean, I didn't. I didn't go around too many people while I was out there, so I was able to keep my distance and, and stuff like that. When we session, people had masks on, and when they danced, they might have took their mask off. But people enjoyed it. It, it. it was. It was. It was cool. It was the same. The climate was still good. People. People still wanted to dance and wanted to enjoy the time and stuff like that. So, climate was cool. It wasn't like uh, a lot of people weren't showing up because of this, but people wanted to come out and just be a part. And what was the feed? Did you get feedback from uh, people who didn't know about Crump and uh, were at least curious about it? Um, uh, Chris or, or Chris or Conrad, have you heard from people who've seen the film and didn't understand it? I, I mean, I have my own viewpoint of that, but had you heard from anybody? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I went to a uh, I went to an arts college with a lot of people who don't know um, <laughs> don't know uh, a lot of things that, you know, they would consider quote unquote urban uh, uh, and whatnot, even though, you know, even though Crump like supersedes like, you know, urban culture uh, in a lot of ways. Um, so it was amazing to send it to a lot of these guys who, you know, might seem like purists, might seem like, you know, kind of, um, I don't want to... I don't want to paint them as stuck up, but you know, like there's a certain way that art should be. There's a certain way that filmmaking should be, you know, that type of very rigid mindset. And to like watch the documentary, like peel away at their layers, you know, cause it gives them facts. It gives them all the quote unquote proper things that a doc should have, but then it hits them in a completely different way that uh, just, um, you know, opens them up to something that they haven't experienced before. So for a lot of the people who, you know, haven't even heard of the word crump, uh, uh, um, you know, don't know anything about the genre, they left, um, they told me that they left with like such a sense of, uh, not understanding, but empathy. They felt these three characters and they felt for this, uh, for this uh, art form and what it did for them. It was amazing. Yeah, one of my favorite parts of that movie is still when you, you know, because you did it a couple of times when you referred to 
when I, and I probably have the order wrong, but you know, to Conrad, to Paul, and to uh, Aaron, I, I, I just, I think that that's what hits me. Um, it really resonates because you retell the story and uh, it, you, you find out it, uh, Crump is not, you know, not only about, uh, obviously we know that by now, but about the actions, about the people and what they represent. Yeah. And that, that was um, that, just such a great way to, to close that movie, you know? Yeah, yeah. that's raw. <laughs> I just love that. So, um, uh, to either both of you, what what is what's the next step for um, for this this movie? Are you going to go to every city and call it uh, Crump? Uh, uh, the Secession, L.A. Secession, uh, NYC, and so on and so forth. And uh, how do you think uh, it could be expanded, or what are your plans in general for it? So um, the next thing is to be able to hit the regions um, in Crump um, geographically. Ohio is considered the East Coast because we came up with the East Coast region of Crump, not the Midwest. Ge geographically, we are in Midwest, but in Crump-wise, we're the East. So the goal is to hit the West. I just hit the West. The South, which is Texas, and also the Midwest, which is Minnesota. So the goal is to hit Texas and Minnesota very soon, but I already hit the West. And the goal is to, to do those first, get those together, and then also possibly hit smaller cities. But at the same time, when the borders open up, we straight international, internationally. Like we'll go over to Japan, we'll go to Europe, you know what I mean? We'll go to Canada and possibly get, you know what I mean, Calgary, uh, um, uh, Toronto and Montreal, you know, if you get what I mean, so people can see like, oh man, this is crazy. Like, we got these people showing people from out of the out of the country. They don't even look like us, skin complexion wise. But the the the, the biggest thing, the same language we speak is, is Crump. And also at the same time, another thing that's happening is uh, the documentary is getting transcripted into Russian into Russian language so people um can understand what we're saying that might not speak english they can understand in the russian language so that's actually happening at, at the moment right now the documentary is actually being transcoded into to, uh into uh, a different a different language right now yeah the timing was tricky wasn't it it um i mean in a way it couldn't happen at a worse time but you could also um look at it as a as a challenge and uh Chris, what do you see for distribution and, and anything future to, you know, to where it's already been? Yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, there's my dream, of course. <laughs> and then there is the kind of working with the uh, uh, reality that we, uh, that we are in in this pandemic. Of course, my dream is to, um, you know, find distribution through a streaming service or medium that will get it to the most eyes possible. Um, um, but it seems as if, you know, in this kind of uh, climate where like a lot was about to happen and then the world shut down and that affected, of course, all industries, including our own. Um, I think that Conrad's um, uh, um, tenacity and his plan and like, you know, the kind of beautiful thing that he's doing with like hitting the national hubs with the session. I think that 
it is like the type of like amazing homegrown movement that then can draw back to the session documentary that we all put our uh, uh, minds to together. So uh, in essence, like it's amazing to watch what Rad is doing. And just like, just Rad, man, your brain with this is so crazy, bro. <laughs> um, um, <laughs> Um, uh, and like, you know, I know that it's definitely uh, Conrad's hope. It's, uh, it's my hope that, you know, these hub kind of uh, versions of the session following the movement in other regions will uh, draw back, get more eyes on the uh, session project that we have because all four of us on this call know that the version of the session that we released probably encapsulates a good, what, 35 or 40% of what we shot. Um, there's a lot more story to be told. And um, uh, when it comes to distribution, all we need is the right interests, the right eyes, and, and um, you know, the sky's the limit on where it could go from there. I think the old question is, um, what did you learn? What did we learn from, from this first go around? And how much better can we do the second time? And, and, I think there's quite a bit that we can do. And now even knowing that, um, even forming these stories, we filmed for such a short time and we only had you know, literally the tip of the iceberg in describing what everybody's going through. I, and I think it was represented well. I could just imagine with a little bit more time, a little more preparation, I, I think we've learned a ton from how to shoot these, um, you know, these uh, for this form of documentary. Where do you go from here? Like, um, uh, I'll start with you, Chris. What projects do you have on the uh, on the uh, burner right now that you are um, uh, doing, whether crump related or not? Um, what 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 have you been up to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, the as you said, the shooting process uh, for the session. Um, principal photography ran by so quick and then we had pickups and then you know there was a long editing period and then you know uh, from from where we started to where we are now so much has changed uh, um, I had a baby in that time <laughs> so uh, I'd say my biggest project is a, a young boy who just turned one uh, last nice. week um, um, besides that I now uh, contribute for uh, the local news uh, here in Cleveland. So uh, I'm providing content. Um, I try, uh, I can't shoot it like the session because I'm not that good yet, but <laughs> I try to do like these mini doc uh, deals that uh, follow positive movements in or, uh, urban communities. And I've been able to meet a lot of amazing people uh, through that. Uh, when it comes to the, uh, to the arts, still working in uh, short films. Uh, uh, I have a lot of different things on the way and there's uh, actually a film that I've been attached to since uh, August um, that uh, we're fundraising for. I can't talk too much about it, but um, it's, uh, uh, it should be a uh, fun ride and it involves a lot of uh, different people that will be coming in from all over the country to make it a success. So uh, I'm fundraising for uh, this new project and hopefully, Hopefully that uh, could, you know, kind of snowball and continue on. That's awesome. Awesome. Conrad, I, I don't think you even realize that there is a uh, any kind of shutdown because every time I see you, you're running around town or doing something else like that. Uh, I don't I don't think you uh, that's even slowed you down for a bit because you're always shooting or filming something or always traveling. So uh, beside music videos and, and whatnot, what, what else have you been involved in? Um, lately I've been, you know, I got kind of, as soon as COVID hit, um, a, a church out here, a uh, mega church, uh, contacted me. So I've been doing 
all of their production. I brought in the team and we've been doing all their production since COVID. Um, that's actually, we're actually be finished up uh, hopefully in May. We should be finished up hopefully in May. So I've been doing that for a year. Um, also working on a couple short films, uh, a couple like short series. So we've been in the writing room with that. Um, I got like three different projects we're working on at the same time, which is kind of outrageous, but trying to have it's you know trying to trying to stock up on content so and when it's time to put out different things i uh i'll be ready and um yeah just just doing that man and 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 the session the series you know like prepping that and then you know about to have a baby as well like chris so oh you did make use of your covid time that's good <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't a complete waste of time. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Not at all. Not at all. So good for you. But, good for you. But yeah, so we 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 uh, in about the next month, the next month and a half, we be having uh the young the, the little one to be here. But just working on new projects, writing, trying to perfect the craft, um, investing in in myself, like getting new equipment, um. And different things, trying to learn different different things and how to become better in in like my lane and different things like that as a you know I me mean, as a young cinematographer. So just that and working on these projects and I can't I can't wait to release some of these projects and shoot them because man, we got stories to show the world and and possibly do my first feature this year. That's the goal. The goal is to do my first feature film this year. So that's the biggest goal before the year is over, do the first feature. So, hey, so in a, in a difficult time um, that's been in the past year where we've had to have restrictions on either our travel or or um, or movement, uh, how have you tried to stay creative and what are the what are your challenges in uh, trying to stay creative in a very competitive industry? I mean, that's a good question. And I think that everyone is um, everyone is finding their own answer to that, you know, with, um, you know, just the new unique challenges that our world has provided. There's always, what's that quote? The greatest inventions happen in times of war, you know? Um, um, uh, we're not in a time of, you know, uh, war in that way, but we are in a time of like high struggle. And I think that there's like a new ingenuity that's kicking off because while we are shut down, we also have technologies that we haven't had during the Spanish flu or anything like that. Uh, so I think that when it comes to um, these breakdowns that we've had, uh, uh, I'm pretty sure that um, uh, when it comes to kind of remaining creative, uh, I think that um, uh, I think that, you know, it's a, uh, it's a fight and it takes, it, it takes that kind of like inward pool that we have. Um, what I think is that there are people who kind of follow trends, uh, and then there are people who like, you know, deep down, uh, within themselves, they always are, you know, um, committed to a cause, committed to a goal, committed to, uh, something. And I think that this period of time is the time that kind of sifts out the ones who are fair weather creatives and the ones who really live and breathe this thing out. Because if it's wired in your DNA to create, if it's wired in your DNA to tell stories, then you're going to tell stories, no matter if you're shipwrecked on an island 
or if you are surrounded by crew and by everything that you need to create, it's going to come out of you. Uh, the question is, what are you going to do with the specific challenges that you're facing right now? Yeah, and how do, you, how do you continue to drive yourself? And as you know, it's not just having the technology. I mean, fortunately, we have access to, to, to reasonable technology, but uh, there's so much in, you know, the leap from making stories to, to um, you know, in your head, and, you know, it may look good, you may film it good and everything, but to get that end product, to make it compelling, and people do it at the highest level and do it consistently, I, I really feel is the biggest challenge. And... Conrad, I know that you just continue to try to shoot and continue to try to improve uh, what you're doing. Are, is that is that your same drive right now? Yeah. Um, it's crazy thing is I've been more busier than I ever been this uh, since the pandemic. And you know, sometimes you'll be like, "Man, I don't have time to." sit down and actually work on a script or come up with a concept or come up with something so I can actually work on something I want to work on film wise, but it still give you that drive. Like that's when them late night, early mornings come like, ah, okay, I know I'm a little tired, but because I, I love what I, I do and I know where I want to be at, I'm going to stay up a little longer to do what I got to do to see this vision come come full fruition like literally it'd be sometimes you might have them days like man i don't know but i mean you snap right out of it like man no nah, this is what i do this is what i want to do so now nah, like the, the 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 pandemic since we've been in in the, in the pandemic and lockdown or shutdown or whatever people should be even more creative you got nothing but time you got nothing but time to be creative you got nothing I'm telling you, the you ain't got a word. Like when, when they shut down everything, it was more so like, okay, what I'm gonna do today? You can be using them time. Like every I say this to my people all the time. Use your time wisely. Like literally, take advantage of the day. Don't let the day take advantage of you. That's well said. I I you know, I, I definitely drink that Kool-Aid and I agree with that. Um uh, a couple things. Uh, I I want to I want to kind of uh, pivot back to the session because this uh, this we're kind of focused um, on on that past experience. Do you have a, a favorite memory or a favorite time or a favorite uh, a setup that uh, that we that we managed to run across during that uh, during filming? Um, I'll start. Um, I don't know <laughs> favorite because each one like each one was like a different holiday you walk in and you guys created like it almost felt like different seasons you walk into yeah. a wonderland you walk into a spring forest you know like oh uh, what you guys were able to do was just so breathtaking but i will tell you uh while i don't have a favorite per se because all of them were special i will tell you the moment where i was like oh this is for real <laughs> it was the <laughs> moment uh, and the scenes not even in the movie it was when we did a um um a therapy session and 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 you guys had a warehouse put a giant lantern on a joker light, had a um, had a, a camera on a 180-degree dolly and shut out all the lights. And it looked like, I don't even know what it looked like. It just looked so amazing. And walking in there and kind of like, you know, kind of 
going through the set and being like, whose set am I on right now? And then it's like, oh, wait, it's my set. Like, <laughs> that was the moment where I stopped thinking like, okay, yeah, we're just playing, having fun, a couple of buds. And I was like, oh, no, this is, this is, this is for real. Yeah, it was crazy. It's for real, man. And even that night when we were all out by the, um, uh, you know, in that back lot next to the uh, Tower City, I mean, that, that picture got into, uh, you know, Mike Wentz's uh, feed for Cleveland's, like, right? Uh, best place to film. Yeah, that's uh, crazy, right? That's hard. That's kind of cool, right? But um, that, to me, was also like, you know, this is, this is pretty real. That was one of my favorites. Like, I don't, I, like Chris, I don't have favorites. But man, when we was out there, y'all had the 20 foot crane in the air. Y'all had the camera operator. I'm talking about it was madness going on. Madness going on. We almost had a hundred people out there. It was crazy. It was and that's when it was really real. I was like, oh yeah, did we oh it's for real, for real. Yeah. Like this for real, for yeah. real. Like this is crazy. But yeah, that was one of my that was like something, that was a moment I not like, yeah. I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't forget, but the therapy session was amazing. I love the therapy session. Set. Like that's, you know, I think you should release that on its own somehow. Yeah. I mean, there, there, there's something meaningful uh, for that. And frankly, it, it probably sets uh, the tone for further ones. Um, and, and that might be a, a, a series we'll, we'll talk about. So a lot of, a lot of stuff, uh, the, the whole process working, with the uh, film institute was um, was challenging to say the least. Not not a bad process, but a process n nonetheless. Where um, the first cut was was short, and then it became longer, and then became short again because you had several people, you know, with their hands on it. The first cut looks totally different from what ended up coming out. In turn, a lot of stuff was left um, uh, on the so-called cutting room floor that maybe we wanted to express or show. Uh, how do you see either a repurposing that or, or somehow showing like, uh, uh, Christian had released some of the behind the scenes, uh, stuff, which I thought was, was really cool to see. And I think people realized what, what the whole production involved, but how do you think we repurpose some of the footage that never really made it, uh, made it or, or not, or re, you know, come up with new ideas or whatnot. What are you feeling? And I know some of it has been released. Uh, I know we've seen a couple that have posted like when we were, when those, when you guys were walking down uh, the street talking about that type of stuff. And then of course uh, the one uh, during the night session with uh, that lady who was talking about her experience, why she got into the session in the first place. Uh, so are there going to be pretty much saying, are there going to be more of that type of stuff that we'll see coming up, especially from the, um, social media page or wherever yeah you'll see a lot more of those um on 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 uh youtube i'm gonna work on the inside of the car like we're we're gonna put that out like us riding the car having that conversation that'd be something we that'd be extended that'd be a little longer and that'd be something we'll put out 
and um, having them sit down and talk about the session, what the session does for them. And like, not the session done for them, but how they feel when they end the session. And we show different clips from the session while we're talking and walking and stuff like that. And um, more testimonies will be released. A couple more testimonies will be released. Uh, um, yeah. So we, we definitely gonna, gonna, gonna use that footage to the, our advantage and possibly, you know, put out that therapy session as its own little segment and continue to push and continue to put out content so people can see like, oh my goodness, there's more to it than I thought. And so people can just get their eyes on it and, and, and hear the hearts of, of the three characters and stuff like that and hear a little bit more deeper that you didn't hear on a session. You get to, you get to hear and go a little deeper with them that you might not I mean seen on a session, the actual doc. So anything that was le left on the cutting floor, we're taking advantage of it. And it's going to be put out some way, somehow, like in some type of format, you know, it might be put out in one of the series, in one of the session series, maybe LA when they're talking about Cleveland, you might see some of that stuff in, in Minnesota when they're talking about what it, what, how they felt about the session, you might see some of that stuff in the South, you might see some of that stuff. So just to be able to repurpose it all the way back to the main dock, that's the goal, that's the biggest goal, but to be able to hit these different places and to and to also still use those those things that we did not put in the actual dock where that was left on the cut floor we can make our way through it and bring it all the way back like damn i gotta go look at the original dock real quick to understand why that was in there so that's the that's the that's what can happen chris one of the struggles i had with it at first was you know i, I felt there was a lot of beautiful looking over cranked footage that that uh, that even the first night you remember the first night when we shot as a practice as a, a test shooting which which i thought turned out very well but the the um some of the producers kind of uh kicked back and said well it looks too too commercial or too finished right and i'm i'm like oh man then should we have just filmed this with an iphone and just you know which is there's nothing wrong with that but that's sometimes what you struggle with like is it is it too well um <laughs> If you lack of a better term, is it well too well shot to be real, or did, did you find that an interesting struggle, like a, an interesting kind of pushback? Why can't we use the most, you know, the best looking footage? But I get it. So I'd love to hear your uh, viewpoint. Yeah. So um, um, that brings up a beautiful overarching point, and um, um, I think that the I think that the main like, you know, thing that I learned when I think of like my biggest lesson through the whole process of the session, there are so many different lessons, but I think that the biggest one is about uh, knowing the story that you and the group of filmmakers around you set out to tell and 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 championing uh championing championing <laughs> championing champion. yeah. <laughs> being a champion of that story um uh because uh i know that you know we sat um uh the four of us sat together and we came out with you know kind of a game plan and whatnot and then uh as we continued on of course things grow and they shift and they have a life of their own and whatnot uh, uh but throughout the time you know I wish that I would have um, um, uh, known that we could have exercised more agency in like utilizing our voice to really say like, no, this is how 
the story should be. This is what, you know, like, you know, um, there were so many beautiful moments that Conrad like put his foot down and said like, no, that's not the culture. That's not what we do, you know? And there were times where things uh, were, you know, uh, on the cutting room floor and Conrad put his foot down and said like, no, that needs to be there because that represents us. And, you know, I had my moments and uh, I feel like we all had our moments where we, you know, kind of, um, kind of, uh, stood ten toes down and said, "Like, no, this is uh, this is the story that we want to tell." And um, looking back, I would have loved to have had more of those moments. Um, and you know, because in essence, like you know, the gumbo that is a film, <laughs> where everybody puts their ingredients in and whatnot, you know, um, um, you got to make sure that you know every single taste is uh, represented. So I love the overcrank stuff. I love the stylized visionary thing, and I feel like that's you know what we uh, what we wanted to do from uh, from the start. Um, so uh, you know. Uh, utilizing uh, utilizing my voice more is a um, you know beautiful lesson that I want to take on to other projects to make sure that you know the uh, ending product um, definitely carries the soul of what it is that uh, we want our stories to be. Yeah, I think there's a difference in being collaborative because we all want to be collaborative, and and frankly, we're all awestruck. I mean, for for God's sake, you know Tribeca who is funding this thing, and you know. I, everybody's flattered we want to be pleasers because hey we haven't had a lot of experience and we wanted us to get the festival and whatnot but really that kind of tells you back that as long as you're there's a good way to deliver the message in saying that no i really feel strongly about you know respectfully i feel strongly that this is our message that we want to put forth and at the end of the day this is your movie our movie so to speak right i mean you guys are the directors you should have that have that pull on 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 what on what we need um and I think there's there's a lot of knowledge to learn. That's why people get better with their second, third, fourth, fifth. And that's why you can't be waiting for somebody to knock on your door and say, hey, we're going to fund you again. I think a lot of this has to be self-driven, right? And self-funded. Definitely. That's why. That's another reason why I went to L.A. I was like, man, I ain't waiting on nobody. Yeah. I like, like we, we just can't sit here and just wait. And not saying we was, but I was like, you know, I had ideas flowing and I was hitting, I was blowing Chris up kind of like, man, I'm thinking about going here. I'm trying to do this. Like, like I'm about to do this. Like, in a simple fact, take advantage of the opportunity that's going on. If it's still, if it got fire, shoot over here, it's going to gain more fire. We're going to have tight eyes in the LA edition documentary. One of the creators of the dance. I got an interview, exclusive interview with this man in his house. People haven't heard Tide Eye speak in almost three years, updated Crump. Hundreds of thousands of people are going to sit in front of their TVs and watch that. And that draws them people back to the original documentary. So it's, it's and, and they get to hear his story and, and stuff like that. And again, on a different type of level, you know. Uh, but man, it was a, it was a, it was a learning lesson, man. Like, 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 like Chris and, and you said, James, it definitely was a learning lesson. This is <clears throat> me personally. This is my first time ever doing a documentary. So, you know, editing a documentary is totally different than editing a scripted film. It was, it was, it was, it was completely different. It really, it touches on true, you know, cinema verite or as it, as it happens and not, yeah, which I, 
which is hard sometimes because you're going, oh man, that, that, that lights brought a focus, that lights off, there's a boom in the shot. But sometimes there's that, um, there's that uh, balance on, on saying that it, this has to look, I mean, you know. We want it to look good. To look good. You know <laughs> but we got to tell this story. I can't make somebody go through an emotional breakdown like Paul did and said, man, I wish we, I wish, we, that light was just not backlit right. Could you just like cry on cue again? You, you can't do that. <laughs> like, oh my goodness. But I think with the finished product that we did have, you know what I mean? I, I, was, I was pleased with it. I was pleased well, with it. It's surreal to see, uh, especially when you, you know, you just want to, it feeds, feeds something inside of you that you just want to go do again, right? It's like, oh, definitely let's, like, let's, let's, do, another let's do another one. Let's do, let's do another one. Because it doesn't even yeah. feel like it happened, you know? To me, it's like a blur. Even when I was at the uh, outdoor shoot that we were talking about, I was like, what the heck happened this week? Like, it like it felt like you were transported some in, yeah. in some other reality. Uh, I remember the weeks afterwards, I was like, that didn't happened did it <laughs> but seeing the footage it definitely did and it's touched so many people and uh i couldn't be happier i agree and to be fortunate fortunately uh, accepted into a couple film festivals i mean it, it you just want to get in one and uh, certainly one as meaningful as um even even our local film festival i was uh you know it, it, it's it's a it's a it's an honor to be honest with you and uh and you just want to do it again and you realize though that um uh, you know, I always have a saying that you should be journey oriented and not just goal oriented because the goal, even though you've achieved it, is so short and fleeting that if you're miserable the rest of the time, then you're you're not going to be happy a lot of times. But I, I think we're all journey oriented and enjoy the process of of just, you know, hanging out and kind of going through the suck together, if you will. And uh, I, I just I think it's I think it's a really fun thing. Yeah. So when are we making our next movie? <laughs> True. Tomorrow, let's do Tomorrow. it. Tomorrow, <laughs> we doing. Yeah, I'm ready. I'd say the one thing I wish would have happened during the session was that I wish we would have. I wish COVID didn't happen because we couldn't watch it uh, at the theater, and that would have been just awesome to do. It would just been like that would have been like the like the icing on the cake for all this. So it have it have been a lot of people would have came out. I mean, like, I just wanted to see the film festival. I just want to see what Kyron would be wearing uh, at the premiere, man. Like, would it be the uh, the white tux with, uh, like, you know, with sequins and a broad collar and a big bow tie or what? Definitely the Jordans. Yeah. Yeah. You'd have shut them down, bro. (laughs) I'd have 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 some alligators on. All white like LeBron uh, on draft day. <laughs> yeah, old draft day LeBron. Yeah, the long, the long Steve Harvey suit. Yeah, the old. <laughs> you gonna grow Steve that mustache Harvey. too? You grow a mustache, shove, uh, shave the hair. Oh my goodness! Ooh, ooh. I can't. I, you know, I cut my hair down too, y'all. Oh yeah. <laughs> cut it down. I might go blonde soon. Oh, that's dope. I might go the OBJ there. <laughs> I wish I had enough hair to do that. <laughs> I might go blind. We'd like to close with any guilty pleasure as far as uh, YouTube or um, or uh, Netflix that you guys have been uh, watching. Good uh, point. Okay, guilty pleasures. Um, so 
I think that a lot of filmmakers watch like YouTube things about movies, little known facts, top 10 lists of actors who were difficult to work with, those type of deals. But I found another YouTube page and it's become a guilty pleasure. And it's weird because it's like, it's, it's this guy called Mick Ballin, right? <laughs> um, uh, and it sounds comical. It sounds like he's like, you know, trying to rap through the whole thing, but it's not that. What he does is he does like these stories about like unsolved mysteries and stuff. Mm. Um, so, uh, and it's and it's like an episode of Unsolved Mysteries, but it's like 10 minutes. So as I'm editing or doing other work or writing a script, I'm like, yo, let me hear about you know, the guy in the cupboard, or let me hear about the alligator in the airplane and whatever, you know, it's a true crazy story. So I've been watching that um, um, uh, as a YouTube guilty pleasure. On TV, I haven't had a lot of bandwidth to actually like sit through a show or a uh, or film. My wife has me watching Cobra Kai, so I'd say that that's a, a guilty pleasure. Yeah. Mm. There, but y'all know, I love Chicago PD. Um, and well, Chicago one. You got Chicago PD, Fire, Emmett, Fire, Fire. I'm telling y'all, watch that all the time. Um, what else? That's it. Oh, um, Snowfall haven't been on, so when Snowfall come back on, that would be forever. But yeah, not not no, not really though. No, I've been, we have a lot of guilty pleasures though, for real. That's awesome. Well, guys, I want to thank you for coming on the show. I really appreciate uh, reconnecting, and uh, honestly, hopefully, two thousand twenty-one is a, a better uh, year as far as producing and and just generally getting back on our feet and and doing stuff. So. Um, I enjoy the uh, the collegiality, and more important, I enjoy the friendship, and uh, I appreciate both of you very much. So, so uh, thank you for coming on. Appreciate you. Thank you. It's been fun. Appreciate y'all for having us. And thank you for everything that you've done. Like it's been oh. amazing working with you. Yeah. Uh, as you said, um, we definitely look forward to continuing the friendship and the working relationship. And there you have it. That was Chris Webb and Conrad Miles back on this week's episode of Spokes. We hope you enjoyed this one. It was fun to reminisce and hear where the story will go, especially since Conrad has filmed content in LA, which is, of course is the birthplace of crime. Uh, specifically, I believe South Central, and I think he does mention it in the documentary. Make sure to check out the session and the behind-the-scenes miniseries all posted on our episode page at redbicyclemedia.com slash podcast, and this is episode 30. Also, follow the session on Instagram at the session CLE, all one word, where never before seen footage has been posted. Follow Chris at Chris Webb Speaks, Conrad at IMXABEL, IMXABEL, James at JTP Red Bike. Our company Instagram, of course, is Red Bicycle Media, all one word, and mine is C underscore PIZ23. The best way to support our program is to click on the subscribe button and write a review on your favorite podcasting platform. Until the next episode, we will talk to you all later.